0: talking about parents moving kind of a surreal experience Oh yeah, moving parents. Yeah, my my mom just moved into a new spot.
1: Yeah, so. you said it. And it's where is it exactly?
0: It's in Olympia, Washington where my grandfather lives. She uh, just moved into a place right next door. So
1: how is olympia washington how far from seattle is olympia
0: it's about 45 minutes depending on what the track it's actually turning into like a seattle bedroom community because seattle's rent is so outrageous uh, across the board so a lot of people are are going to olympia and setting up there so olympia real estate is skyrocketed oh cool it's like it's the capital of the of the state it's like like a sleepy little
1: town how how is it up there in what sense? Well, I've been very interested in going back there soon. Um, I, I've thought about moving to Seattle, you know? I mean, yeah. It seems like... Uh, did you go to Seattle at all? Yeah, I was there. So, I, like, I want to live in a place that has nice public transportation and, like, a nice community feel where you can walk around and mm-hmm. stuff. Seattle, like that?
0: I think downtown Seattle area, definitely. I don't really... I'm not that familiar with, like, the majority of Seattle, Seattle living, Uh but anytime I've been in the downtown area, they have those things. I just think it's so fucking expensive to live there now yeah. that you've got to be making tech money to be able to afford it. Um, but it's like it's a cool part of the country. They're a little, you know, I don't know if you'd get along with the, the types of liberal, people that right? yeah, they go up so there. Liberal. Well, even like temperament-wise, I went to, I did two shows when I was up there. Oh, nice. And I... Usually if I'm doing a show at a bar, I have like a bar voice that I use, which is very aggressive and barky. Uh and then if it's a more laid back environment, I I talk slower and stuff. So one was at a bar and I just came in hot and was just barking at them and they were they were just like, "Oh." <laughs> very very nervous. <laughs> And then I went to another bar to do another show and I, I took the other tack and they were fine with it. Yeah, so it's,
1: it's just very mild-mannered people.
0: Yeah, they don't like real aggressive uh, uh you know in this Stuff. limited case stand-up comedy, but I'm sure in general like you can't be I don't know, it just feels very restrained there and it's very white. Yeah. Those are very white places to live. Yeah. You know, not nary a brown face to be seen. Wow. I mean there yeah, there are, but
1: and so is it is there like a homeless problem there like there is here? Or? I
0: you know, it was so cold when I was there yeah. that I don't know if that was representative of what it was like. And I I somebody that's from that area would be you should talk to my sister. My sister goes up to Portland all the time. She's yeah. a big Portland head. She could probably.
1: I've been to Portland a few times. I have a pretty good flavor of Portland. They do have a really bad homeless I problem. Think I,
0: everywhere has a big homeless problem now. Yeah. I don't know that any place doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're probably right about the temperament. I just miss, man, I miss the seasons. You know, I, I miss the seasons. I miss public transportation. It snowed I miss, while we were there. Yeah. No. I, I really miss that. Um, Got to wear my winter coat. Yeah. Which
0: I. Sits in my closet all year here. I know.
1: I like can't even remember what that feels like wearing winter coat. Yeah, a scarf. Yeah, scarves. Yeah, it's very. uh, I'm not a. This constant sunshine is. I mean, it's sometimes it's great, but it's also. I like there to be nice days. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny to me now when people say, "Oh, it's a nice day today." Yeah, like. It's a nice day every day. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, it's rarely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like three days out of the year. Yeah,
1: the other day it was pouring rain here, and it was like I was inside doing work. It felt so good, to, like be inside with the bad weather outside. When it's
0: raining and you're indoors, yeah, it's
1: great. It's great. I know.
0: You, just, you can relax, and have I just, some soup. Right. What's the last time you had soup? <laughs> I in know. California. It's like, this is like
1: not natural. This is like desert people land. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would like to go back to the seasons place with the seasons and some feeling of civic togetherness which is completely lacking in los angeles mm. um but yeah seattle is maybe not the move you gotta go back east really yeah but where you know you can't live in new york anymore go to philadelphia yeah philly you do hear about philly that's a-
0: it's a dark and evil place.
1: Right. If people say that. It's I where, I've actually never been to Philadelphia. Really? Yeah, it's weird.
0: That's where my family is from. Yeah. That's why we That's, that's we why left. We're the way we are. <laughs> that's where my my great 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 whatever grandfather Robert Disney wow. moved to from Ireland. He came to Philadelphia.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Philly. Yeah,
0: people that are kind of shitty, too.
1: Yeah, they're assholes. Yeah. They're really mean.
0: Dan depriel is from Philadelphia.
1: Ah. So how come... Did we scare away Rosie? Does he just never want to come back?
0: Uh, Rosie is... He's always got something going. Uh, I'll read you his the message he sent. I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to, but...
1: I don't, You don't have to. You can just no, it's pretty, tell me.
0: it's pretty funny. Well, it's... I want to make sure that I say it correctly. I said... Uh, I asked him about doing show and he goes uh, i might have a date don't know this lady and i keep missing each other she's a vp at a record label so i can't see it going well
1: <laughs> uh, so I, wonder I, if like, he, I wonder if he just is like not down anymore. no i
0: think he is yeah. he's he's offered counter dates most oh, of the time okay. when i ask and uh, we just it's like a weekday or a saturday or something yeah. we're just not doing it then
1: he is a good guest
0: yeah it's a great um, guest
1: People liked our Escobar episode. He'll be happy to hear that, even though it was such a train wreck. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah,
0: he's he he is a good person to throw in the mix when randomly. you want to cause trouble.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I like Eric a lot. He's a he's a good dude. He but was that was very silly. That day. that was just you so both had. Funny.
0: You both had too much caffeine or yeah. something, and you were just determined to do <laughs> to, like the show that the you wanted we to
1: wanted do. to do, right? And it was just like n- not happening. You're like, "We're gonna watch this Magnolia clip." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, "We're gonna talk about wrestling." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Everybody should listen to that episode if you haven't. Right. Oh, and you know what? Uh... See, that's
1: what we do well on the show, though, is we really crossed. I don't think there's any show in the entire podcast of Sphere that has like, you know a fucking hipster motherfucker trying to, like, talk deep about, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson movies and, like, him just, like, screaming about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and, like, us not getting along. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like us brazenly, like, trying to, like, outdo the other one. Like, yeah. that's, there's probably nowhere else that you could hear that Probably
0: happen. not. I was recently told that because of the traffic we sent to it, the... Uh, The Heather Maruli podcast episode that I'm on is her most listened to by far. There we go. Thank you.
1: Thank you, listeners. (coughs) Another listener question. Why do we have so many Dutch listeners? Can somebody in the Netherlands tell us? We have like sudden influxes of Dutch people listening to this.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Dutch downloads. Maybe it's the same person in a lot of different places from many different IP addresses, but... It seems like there's a substantial amount of listening going on, yeah, in the and, and
1: and when you look at our related downloads, it's a bunch of Dutch there's like a yeah. lot of Dutch podcasts, so there's something going on there it, we have two theories, one yeah, is Joe. I used to live in the Netherlands, so that's maybe somebody there has spread it amongst their friends, maybe somebody sent an email we don't know. I actually talked to one Dutch friend. He said, "No, he didn't do it." So, wow. Uh, that's one theory. And then the other theory is that it's a bunch of racists and bunch of right wing nationalists. nationalists there who found our podcast via our old we a- foray into exploring the alt right, and so now that's who we are. We have a substantial
0: amount of downloads in the UK and Ireland too, which I'm going to go to in September. So, if you live in the UK or Ireland. And want to get together.
1: Hell oh, yeah. Hit me up. Tour. Be out there. Not a huge fan on tour. Yeah, with one, one person. <laughs> <laughs> uh so how do you find like when you were in Seattle, how do you find these gigs? I
0: one was just an open mic that I went to to warm up and the other one, this woman that I know in Seattle, uh, I was asking her what was going on and she goes, Oh, I have a show tonight. Come on, come and be on it. So I was. Cool. It's that easy. Just knowing knowing somebody who has something going on
1: yeah yeah nice all right so let me talk about uh I, th- this is a little mini sode or medium sode that uh is about something i'm about to launch
0: do people like the short content I yeah feel like it gets
1: no consumed yeah heavily. a lot no people a lot of times talk to me you know what mini sode people always talk to me about oh. the shadow banning one uh I've had like four different people. I I literally. I I had a listener hit me up
0: about that. that. He wanted to know where uh, your Medium article was. And I said, well, I linked it in the description, but here you go. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Um, Anyway, speaking of Medium. So um, I'm about to launch, or I already have soft launched, uh, something called Vandal Press. Vandal Press has been... A little project of mine that I've been working on for a little while that is basically just me and my friends publishing random shit. We're about to publish a poetry book. I've published some articles. Um, I represent this guy, Delicious Tacos, who was once on this podcast, fantastic writer and blogger. One of the best writers I've ever read in my entire life. And he uh, is a total outsider, but he's literary quality in every way. Delicioustacos.com. He's a Vandal writer. Is he still publishing on it? Yeah, he's still publishing, and he's about to publish a post-apocalyptic novel about L.A. being atom-bombed. Okay. And uh, so that'll be a Vandal Press title.
0: His episode is no longer available.
1: Yeah, because we had to take it out because he got doxxed. But uh, anyway, so um, we're also about to publish a poetry book called I Don't Want, which actually features some Delicious Tacos content in there. And some poems, you know, just kind of for fun with me and a couple of my co-writer friends. Anyway, this has been a little side project, not a big deal. I've been working on for a long time. Let's skip to something else and then we'll get back to this. Do you know what Web 2.0 is? No. Web 2.0, as far as I understand it, is when your browser became hyper-functional in a way that anybody could use. So it was all this UI yeah. that was very simple to use. So you could social network, you could email, your grandmother could share pictures. Everybody could use the browser in a very simple and efficient way. Because before that, I mean, remember, there was all these different programs that you kind of had to use. I mean, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass to use the internet, right? Like yeah. It was like Usenet and all these things. It was like more of a... It was more of something that the kind of nerds knew how to do. Whereas, uh, it, Internet 2.0, um, Web 2.0, is as far as I get it, a referencing the efficiency that came with big, simple to use products like Google, Facebook, Gmail, Amazon, um, you know, the browsers, uh, things that made the whole internet very easily be searchable, usable, drag and drop, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's Web 2.0. For Web 2.0, you had to sacrifice a lot of your autonomy and a lot of your the peer-to-peer nature of the original internet. Because it used to be the internet was pretty peer-to-peer based. It was just you and another computer and whatever platform that was used to connect you to, right? Yeah. Whereas now there's when I you and I send each other a message there's me you and a giant Goliath elephant which is Facebook or Google in the room right you know and that's controlling and dictating and capitalizing upon that interaction and the the freemium internet is all these massive servers that are you know they make things easy they make it so that grandma can send you pictures but what you don't realize is you're paying for something when you do that yeah. you know as they say Uh, If you're not paying for a service, you are the product. Yes. And that's what's happening with Web 2.0. And there are a lot of things that Web 2.0 is really fucking bad at. The number one thing Web 2.0 is really bad at is content. The way that current content is propped up on Web 2.0, because everything's freemium, is advertising. Yeah, terrible advertising. Terrible advertising that is the worst way for content creators to be paid. Yeah. Because say back when I was writing for LA Weekly, right? I would have an article that got 100,000 hits, you know? I mean, on average, maybe 15,000, 20,000. And I'd get paid 75 bucks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Why? Obscene. Why would I get paid? To, and and I, But yet when I wrote for the paper version that nobody fucking read because it was all online and people maybe like perused it, I would get paid $600 because there's this weird old dumb like thing where print writing is for some reason worth more than online writing, which is like weird. Why? You know? So, uh, I would get paid that because LA weekly is freemium. So they would go and sell a bunch of advertisements per click. And I would get maybe 0.01% of whatever they were making. I would get a little tiny like fee at every, the end of that.
0: Every time somebody clicked? Did no, they send no, no, you a no. report?
1: No, no. So I would not get paid per click. What I mean is they would get paid per click.
0: And then what you got was unrelated. What
1: when I, when I got was a tiny fraction of what they got paid per click, mm. right? Because they have to pay a million useless fucking editors, a million useless salespeople. They have a whole structure of people that they have to pay with that click money that I made. You know what I mean? That I, I made that money for them. You know what I'm saying? Yes. More or less. And I'm getting maybe a fraction of a 1% of the money that, of what they sold on that in terms of however much advertising they sold, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's how the old model works. Another way the old model works is you, what well, you see the New York Times and Washington Post trying to force you into now, which is these $10 a month subscriptions, which you're never going to fucking buy. Nobody's going to buy that. You know, I mean, like, because you'd have to buy one for the Washington Post. You'd have to buy one for the Wall Street Journal. You'd have to buy one for the New York Times. You'd have to buy one for everything. Yes. You know, and nobody's going to do that. So my point, my larger point here is there's a reason why all the old media companies are dying. And that's because Web 2.0 does a very bad job of supporting content, written content. Yeah. Right any content really really any content it's a, it's horrible for content creators right yeah i mean sure there's a certain level of democratization so like oh i make fucking youtube makeup videos i would have never been able to be famous before but sure so yeah right you can do that now which you couldn't do before but uh for most content creators particularly that serious only,
0: ones that only happened because a lot of those people got in on that era of it being easier to to monetize at that point.
1: Right. And well, and monetizing on YouTube is as we'll talk about in a second, is still profit sharing. Yeah. YouTube is selling ads yes. and giving you some tiny, tiny percentage. And you right. like, get a million hits, it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so um, So do you know what Web 3.0 is, or Web 3?
0: No, I assume you're going to tell me. Okay,
1: sorry. Am I lecturing too (laughs) too hard here? This is annoying. No, go ahead. Okay. Web 3 is the decentralized internet. So that's blockchains, Bitcoin. You know, in, in their own way... The share economy sites are Web3 because it's all about peer-to-peer. It's all yeah. about returning the web to its peer-to-peer nature where it's just you and another person that you're connecting with. And the middle people are not dictating the whole situation. So yeah. decentralization, right? There's no – here's the, the fundamental difference between Web 2.0 and Web 3.0. Web 2.0, your bank is a website, right? Yes. That has a headquarters somewhere. And is a company that every transaction that you make, you have to pay a chain of people to execute that transaction for you. You're constantly paying for that in d- different ways. Web well, 3.0 is Bitcoin. There is no Bitcoin headquarters. There right. is no company that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is completely decentralized. So when I send you a dollar in Bitcoin, it's just you and me. Please. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's just you and me. It's you and me and a Automated chain, an automated transaction chain. Right. So there's a million different web three products. It's the decentralized web. You know, Urbit, this company that I work for, is a very web three product. It's all about returning the web to these purely decentralized things and using blockchains and using all these various different things. In the content creation context, the great thing about Web3 is that it's trying to implement micropayments. So micropayments are peer-to-peer payments for content on a micro basis. So the, fun, the basic idea would be every time you click on one of my articles, you pay me a cent.
0: And that's automatically set up.
1: Well, no, it, it doesn't. That pure form of it actually doesn't even exist yet. But that's right. the concept that we're headed towards. And micropayments have long... If you Google it, you'll see it's long been something that they want the blockchain to be able to do. Right. right? Because right now, a bank... Would never implement a system where I, you can just pay me a cent to click, because it would cost them so much to process, yeah, all those one-cent transactions that they would never do it. Right? Yeah. So all these companies are popping up that are starting to implement these micropayments content platforms. There's medium. Which does not work on a blockchain, so it's more centralized. But they have a CLAPS-based micropayment system. There's Steemit, which does work on a blockchain. That's basically like blockchain medium. Mm-hmm. There's OpenBazaar, which is like block, uh, like a blockchain-based Amazon. There's uh, Patreon, right. which is micro monthly micropayments from you directly to your favorite content creators. So, for example, I pay Caitlin Johnstone, who's this great medium journalist woman i pay her three bucks a month and everybody that pays her she has an audience of maybe ten thousand people she gets three thousand dollars a month from her audience just nice. pure on patreon there's you know there's things like create space which are print on demand books yep. there's um gab a which is supposedly going to be a micropayments twitter-ish thing um there's tron there's brave browser there's uh, a bunch of these different products that are coming in to do this micropayments type of thing. So, what does that have to do with your publishing company? Okay. So, I tested out Medium's micropayment system about a month ago. I published an article called, what it feels like leaving social media, something like that. How, it, how leaving social media affects your mind. Right. Right? Little article, maybe took me a day to write, nothing big. Um, And I monetized it on Medium's Claps-based program. Their cat clap space micropayments program works that members pay in $5 a month and then you pay no matter what, but the more you clap, the less your claps are worth. You can read articles without clapping at all. So you don't have to micropay at all. But if you do clap, your claps are worth, you know, anywhere from probably a couple bucks to one cent or a fraction of a cent. Right. Right. Actually, and that's also how Spotify works. Did you know that? Mm-mm. So Spotify, we pay, you do Spotify. Mm-mm. I pay 12 bucks a month. If I only listen to one song that month, I, that song gets $12. If I listen to a 1,000 songs, that $12 is split up amongst all those different songs. I, I think I've heard that's how it works. Somebody should verify that. But um, So that's how Medium's micropayment system works. The beauty of micropayments is that there's no middlemen. Again, there's just the platform, which is Medium, who you know takes some small percentage. And then there's me, right? That article I published got 5,000 hits, which is like fine. And it got 1,400 claps. But of those claps, you can clap 50 times, up to 50 times an article. Of those claps, only about 20% were paid members. Okay. That led to, so we're talking about maybe 500 claps, 600 claps. That was $200. Nice. So it kind of made me realize, holy shit. When there's not this ridiculous middleman system where advertisers are paying huge bureaucracies per click, and then that bureaucracy has to spread it amongst all the fucking middlemen, giving the writer some tiny little fraction... You know, say Medium takes 20% or whatever small percentage they take to make the platform. The writer gets 80%, 90%, as opposed to
0: 1%
1: of the money that's being transacted. So you made
0: more money writing that little article for Medium than when you published on LA Weekly. Most of the time, yes. That was much more heavily trafficked.
1: Way more heavily trafficked. I mean, I would write shit for LA Weekly that would get hundreds of thousands of hits. And I I'd mean, get that example by itself just
0: exposes what a fucked up what a system, stupid
1: system it is. I yeah. know. And I wouldn't get any bonus. I wouldn't get any like, it, you know, that was what was frustrating when I was writing for LA weekly. It was slowly becoming an SJW fucking circle jerk and, you know, just PC fucking nonsense week after week. Right. And nobody was reading the shit and my articles would get, you know, do huge traffic and, you know, I, did, I didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. There's no point.
0: Yeah, very discouraging.
1: Very discouraging. Um, why bother? Yeah, why bother? Exactly. And that's why part of the reason I stopped writing for them. And then they got hollowed out for this reason because their traffic was plummeting every single fucking year.
0: Uh, we uh, On a different episode, we should talk about your feelings about the LA Weekly thing. About, about the LA Weekly situation? I think, oh, I'm happy about it. I think, yeah. I, and I think most people who talk about LA Weekly have a very different idea of like, why that
1: happened or what happened, so... Well, it, it, Mara Shaloup literally destroyed it. Well, I mean, she turned it into... Let's, let's make that its own... Its own episode. Its own discussion. I mean, it was literally every single week was like, Latinx lesbians talk about my Trump as an asshole. You know, like, that was, like, the headline of the thing every week. Anyway, so, uh, returning to our thing here, Vandal Press, so... I was very surprised by how much money that was. I thought it was going to be like 80 cents. You know, I was like, okay, this is going to be like YouTube. It's going to be some bullshit number. But YouTube is not peer-to-peer payments. YouTube is profit sharing. Medium is actually peer-to-peer payments. So I was like, holy fuck. Like, this can really work. So I approached Medium and I said, look, uh, what if Vandal Press is a Web3 publisher, a Web3 publishing house? And... We publish across all of these different micropayments platforms. We syndicate across all of them. And if we do that, can we monetize on our Vandal Press page, which you can't do on Medium? You can only monetize as an individual. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "We'll, we'll be a Medium partner. And they said yes. And so Vandal Press is a Medium partner. I published two articles in the past uh, couple weeks just testing it out by random friends of mine who aren't even writers. I've edited them and, you yeah. know, ma- dressed them up to make them nice and, like, clickable. Medium shared them to their twenty five two 2.5 million Twitter followers, and both of these guys made 100 bucks. Great. You know, and we're talking about maybe 3,000 clicks on each of these? Yeah. And these are guys... I mean, can you imagine there are people out here, that, out there slaving for years who never get paid for their writing. These guys just got paid a hundred bucks each for an article that, you know, they're not even professional writers. Yeah. So what I want Vandal Press to be now is a Web 3 publishing house. So just like the publishing houses of old or the media companies of old used all these antiquated distribution me- me- mechanisms. So that includes Web 2.0. That includes... Uh, newspapers and bookstores and all these old distribution channels, Vandal Press will be a publisher that just goes through the new micropayments platforms. So Say Delicious Tacos publishes his book. We'll do it on pay per publish, create space, get people to buy it straight on there. We'll syndicate chapters through Medium, Steemit, Tron, all these new micropayments platforms. We'll set up a Patreon account we'll talk tweet about it on Gab A, you know so you're getting micropaid all throughout the entire system
0: nice it's an exciting idea. system i think for for people that would want to make some coin off of their
1: right their efforts and it's totally merit based cuz either people click your shit right. or they don't yeah and it's also Then maybe a solution, you know, I mean, this is what's so exciting about it is like, I have thought about creating a media company forever, but I've always just been like, why would I enter a dying, horrible field that like, you know, that is clearly dysfunctional and not working? You know, New York Times can't keep the lights on. Like, how the fuck is my little media company going to do anything? But this seems like, wow, maybe this is a path forward. I don't know, but maybe it's a solution. Yeah,
0: I mean, just just the comparison between what happened for you at LA Weekly and what you were able to do with that yeah. article, which shed a band on Twitter. I mean, on Reddit, uh, is a, is hugely instructive. Like,
1: yeah, and it's also like think about that took me. Okay, all things considered, that article probably took me four hours. Right. On LA Weekly, I would have to go back and forth with an editor. Yeah. Five times. I mean, it would take me a week to finish an article that I'd get paid maximum $150 for.
0: Yeah, it's gross. It's really gross. Exciting. Where can people learn more?
1: Learn more? Well, we have all the socials. So we have uh, Vandal Press Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's just Vandal Press. We have a website, vandalpress.com. And what you should really do is follow our medium, which is Vandal Press on Medium, nice. or, or follow me on Medium. And, uh, you know, you can see that I'm the editor of Vandal Press. And hey, writers out there, please send me your stuff, make some money.
0: Yeah. And how, what's the best way to send it to you? Uh, not-
1: email me. You can email me at Isaac, I S A A C, at vandalpress.com. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably the best way do it get paid for writing get paid for writing and work with isaac and work with me and you know let's make you know the content has to be good i mean i i want to be a brand i don't want to just be like anybody can do this you no. know yeah you don't you know <laughs> i i want to have actual say stuff i don't this isn't gonna be like buzz you know huffing celebrity Post. gossip no yeah no, no, no. send your celebrity gossip to isaac right i mean i have to they have to be good takes